Midnight on Earth podcast with your host, Jake Weaver. Engineered by Cedric Swan. Hey, everybody. We're back. Another episode. Another fantastic episode of Midnight on Earth. We're on location yet again at the very haunted White Eagle Saloon in Portland, Oregon. And you can Google this place and you'll know that there's plenty of ghosts here. And we're going to try to talk to those ghosts maybe later with our wonderful guest. Today, we have Janice Carey on. And Janice Carey is a world-class channeler, metaphysician, spirit medium, and so many other things. She's a flower essence practitioner. She's worked with hundreds of clients for almost 20 years, helping them connect with past loved ones, helping them connect with other angelic entities or just other astral entities that are on that person's side. We're going to let Janice tell you all about it. But first, I want to say a few things. Please go to our Instagram page at midnight underscore on underscore earth at midnight on earth with the underscores in there and just go follow us because you'll get episode drops. You'll get updates. You'll get everything that you need to know about this podcast as it happens. And I just want you to go be there. Come, come join us on Instagram. <laughs> we're there. And of course, subscribe on Spotify. We're on, we're on all the platforms. And, and the biggest thing is tell a friend. Because we've had so many great guests on, just like Janice, who's another incredible great guest that's coming right here. Um, we have these great guests. We want to get the word out. We want this information to go out to people. So the only way it gets out to people is if you tell people. I, I have a responsibility to get it out to people, sure. But I also need your help. And that's what I'm asking for, is your help. Help me spread the word, people. And now we're going to talk to the wonderful, wonderful woman that I'm here with. Janice Carey. Hello, Janice. Hello. I'm so blessed to be here with you. This is so amazing. And we met at the last episode for returning listeners. Excuse me. For returning listeners, Janice was with us as part of the Pagans of Portland meetup group that we were there. And I found Janice to be so fascinating and just so amazing that I knew that she had to be on an episode. I knew that it was coming. And if you were listening to the last episode, you know, we, we talked about how we were going to have an exorcist on this episode. Okay, look, he rescheduled. He's a busy guy. He's out there. His name is Bishop's Cl Bishop Cloud, James Cloud. He's out there exercising demons. I don't know what he's doing. He's removing spirits from homes. He's a very busy guy. So he rescheduled. And so thankfully, the wonderful, wonderful Janice Carey was available. And I was ready to go with her right away after last week. And then here she is right now in our very next episode. So Janice, hello again. I'm so glad you're here. Hello. So I want to talk about everything that you do. I want to talk about everything you're about. And I want you to share with me some of your, your most amazing stories, your great stories about channeling. So let's just talk about channeling first. We're going to talk about so many things, but let's just talk about channeling first. So you're a channel. What does that mean? To a person that has no idea what the word channel means outside, let's say, a television channel, or they know that it means to, like, focus on something. But, but clearly it's more than that. So what does channeling mean? 
Well, uh, channeling is nothing more than telepathy. Um, you can um, actually connect with people who are living as well as people who are crossed over. Um, a lot of people um, have a special connection. You hear about a lot with twins. Um, and that's it, just the short answer about So channeling. you're telepathically connecting with a being or a uh, deceased loved one, some sort of individual energy. How do you differentiate that energy? How do you know what you're channeling, what you're interfacing with? Uh, they tell me their name. Um, other times, uh, it, actually, there are a lot of times where when I'm channeling, the person I'm um, with sees the entities. Um, they have that special gift of um, being able to, uh, you know, see ghosts or um, angels. Uh -huh. um, and so that's that's how I find out a lot of times who I'm channeling. But w so what? Uh, describe what you feel when you know that you're around a, a specific being that's that that, uh, that doesn't have a body you, that you can channel. Like, how do you know that that that's there? What do you feel? I feel energy. I feel tingling throughout my body. Um, uh, uh, I went, well. Let's just say um, I go by Talcum Gypsy online. And, uh, Did you hear that, people? Go check it out, <laughs> Talcum Gypsy. Yes, Talcum Gypsy. Um, and I channeled my online name. Um, and Talc is actually soapstone. It's been used uh, it, for thousands of years. The, the Egyptians carved on it. So you felt like Talcum Gypsy, you, you channeled that, you felt that name just kind of pop into your head when you got into a meditative state. So do you, before you channel, what type of frequency or what do you do to get yourself into a receptive state? I don't do anything. It just instantly I, I, happens. Yeah, it's just there. Okay. It, it's either there or it isn't, It and it normally is. Okay, so you... You're, you go to these places, so let's, let's walk through like a, a typical channeling scenario. So let's say somebody approaches you and they want to get some information from a deceased loved one. Okay, and then you, because you're creating that telepathic connection, you're in a sense channeling that information from the deceased, right? Is yes. that a form of channeling? Okay, so then, so then what do you do to get yourself into a receptive state? Somebody wants to talk to their deceased loved one. Is there like a, a like a method, or is there like a procedure or protocol that you do? No. You just no. open yourself up, or it it just happens. Okay. Uh, there are times when uh, I, I I can't think think of an example, but there might be times where someone's loved loved one may not come through, um, but I'll usually get a message anyway for them. It, it might not be their loved one, but Usually they'll ask for a sign, and um, then they they get a smile or laugh and nod their head. Yeah, that's them. Ah, uh, so so it, like, will an image pop into kind of like your your mental like your mind? Like you'll get a, like a mental picture of a image that's somehow uh, you know relative to the person that's there without wanting the reading. Like you know, you'll get a picture of a butterfly and 
somehow the butterfly will have significance or is it a word? Is it a sound? What does that work? How does that work? Um, I don't, I'm not gifted with that. Um, generally I do have images and see visions sometimes, but normally it's, it's a word that comes to mind or a sentence or Uh, um, something like that. So you'll just feel like 57 Chevy or something. And then that'll have significance to the person. Yeah. Okay. And they'll be like, Oh my God, my dad drove a 57 Chevy, you know, just something very significant and personal. Yeah. Wow. Okay, cool. And then, so you channel all different kinds of things, not just deceased, uh, deceased relatives. I, I remember you told me you channel, Pets, deceased pets. Yes, I do. And you also channel extraterrestrials. Yes, I sure do. (laughs) I want to hear about that. Let's talk about that. Let's just uh, expand on channeling extraterrestrials. So tell me about the extraterrestrials that you specifically channel. Zeta reticulans and um, Pleiadians. And do they come to you at various points or do you set a time to interface with those energies? They come and go when they choose. And so you can feel their presence. And then you know that they're... How do you distinguish between a Zeta Reticulant and a Pleiadian energy? Well, they tell me who they are. Okay. Um, other than otherwise, um, if, if there are people with me, every now and then people see, they can see the entities that right. are with me. And then and they'll tell me. So the people that can see the entities, what do these entities look like to them? Have they ever told you? Um, yes, yes. Uh, I actually uh, this school teacher in Portland um, had seen uh, the Zeta reticulants, and she described them how how they look on um, TV and in pictures. Do you remember what that is like? She said that they were short. She called them bald. And I corrected her. I said they're hairless. <laughs> so short, hairless, uh, thick skin. Like, whoa, is it kind of similar to the mainstream gray alien perception that we have as humans? Is that yes, the Zeta which is racist. Yeah, we did talk about that. You know, imagine if, uh, you know, we called some uh, people from another planet by their skin color. Like, you know, oh, it's the purples. Like, imagine how they would feel. Nobody likes to be addressed in that way. And so they're spiritual beings. They're light beings. They're in a vehicle just like us. They want to be treated with respect. So you're saying the word gray. It's actually a racist statement. Let's just say, They told me it is. They, they even feel that way. Let's just get rid of that now. I'm glad you're putting that out there in human consciousness because people are going to hear this. And it's going to go into the, the pool. You know, yes. it's going to go to the pool of the collective human consciousness. And hopefully we can... Stop using that term. Let's get away from grace. Let's call them Zeta Reticulans. And if we don't know what they are at the time, let's just call them beautiful children of God, just like we are. Right? There you go. <laughs> so the Zeta Reticulans are, you know, they have, they, they have the big eyes and they're what we would traditionally call, unfortunately, we're going to change that, but we call them the grays. And then what are the Pleiadians like? Uh, well, I... Um I have a story okay, about tell, that. Yeah. Let's hear okay. Um, I walked into a bookstore um, downtown Portland, um, metaphysical bookstore, 
yeah. new renaissance. Yes, I, I, the name slipped. That's okay. Mind. I know there's not many. <laughs> so uh, there was a reader, a guy in there doing readings that day. And he was really, I could tell he wasn't too happy. No one had asked him for a reading. <laughs> so um, tarot cards. Okay. So I offered to give him a, a reading. I said, you offered to give him a reading? Yeah, I said, hey, would you mind if I use your cards and give you a reading? This was back in 2007. Okay. And um, he said, sure. So we went up to his room. I laid out the cards. And I don't actually know how to read tarot cards, but the the um, ETs do it for me. I just channel. So do you know how to lay out the cards in the tarot way, or are you just laying out the cards exactly I usually just lay out five cards. Boom. Okay. I and love this. So okay. uh, I laid them out, and um, he, he said to me, you're channeling, aren't you? And I said, yes. And he said, you're channeling Pleiadians. And I said, how do you know that? And he said, I can tell by the way you're moving your hands. When I first started channeling, I used to move my hands a lot and my arms so what in what way is it like geometric just very uh, dance like it would be like when you're dancing and you move your yeah yeah mm-hmm. okay and he knew right so, away he's like those are pleiadian hand movements yes that's what he said <laughs> and i didn't i was astounded i was shocked so i didn't ask him hey how do you know this so, you know i didn't ask anything I just let it go, which I wish now. You would have kind of pressed him a little bit more, like, tell me more. Exactly. But you were, you know, sometimes I've noticed, and I've been in those situations where you have a profound spiritual moment and you just want to be with it because Mm -hmm. you know that you're processing the information. Your higher self is getting all the information you need and may not be filtering down to your conscious self. But your higher self's getting everything. So you, when you're having those moments, you just want to just like, ah, let it go. You know, and that's okay because I have those moments too. So don't feel bad about it. Maybe you did want to press them for more. But it, man, when you have those spiritual moments, sometimes you just want to be in resonant with it. It sounds like that's what you were trying to do. It's a huge blessing because um, I was skeptical. It's <laughs> because, you know, when, when they say we're Pleiadians, I, I'm thinking, oh, yeah, okay, sure, you know. Um, but then when somebody verifies it it's fantastic yeah you get that affirmation exactly and and there and he was of course so confident about it because he's been practicing his method methods of tapping in for so long that it was almost like second nature to him and then he knew right away where your energy was at he wasn't a rookie he knew exactly what's going on he had a lot of history so he was able to determine that right off the bat which is so powerful yeah because the pleiadians for those that don't know The Pleiadian star system, you know, the seven sisters, it's a constellation that we see. Those are the Pleiades, but, you know, it's a huge star system. And, and those seven stars that we see are just the ones that we can actually see. It's, it's far more vast. And supposedly, there is a very advanced alien species there. And they're working really hard to help us in their own way. Supposedly, they're not material in the sense that we're third dimensional. So they have trouble interfacing with the third dimension. And it's not like they have trouble. It's just not their modus operandi. They're not third dimensional beings. They're multidimensional beings. And the bulk of their being actually exists in higher dimensions. So that's why they come. Supposedly, this is what people told me and I've read. That's why they come to us in these ethereal moments, either through channeling or, you know, 
being barely visible to super sensitive people because they just, their past matter. They use matter, but their past matter. Matter isn't their foundation. It's just a place they can hang out. Fantastic. <laughs> just riffing on the Pleiadians a little bit. We love the Pleiadians, but they're supposed to be here to help us. I kind of let that out. Their True. big thing is they're here to help us. You know, so we, we, we talk about these Pleiadians. So many people have channeled Pleiadians and people have no uh, contact with each other, completely independent situations. Uh, they're not being influenced by each other in any way, yet they're having these similar experiences with these Pleiadian entities. I, ho I hope and pray that the Pleiadians are there helping us because, you know, maybe that's their role. You know, maybe they help other people, too, out there in the universe, not just the lovely humans. You know, maybe there's other species of Pleiadians are helping out at the same time. True. I believe that. You know, and then, okay, getting back to Janice. Holy cow. We love the Pleiadians, but we also love Janice. So... You're channeling, you're channeling extraterrestrials. What are some of the things that the extraterrestrials, either the Pleiadians or the Zeta Reticulans, what have they imparted to you that's, that's really profound that you feel like people should know? Well, a lot of people want contact. Um, and I've noticed... A lot of people want direct contact with aliens when they come to you. They want to have an experience or... Not necessarily connected with me. They, in general, would like to have contact with ETs. I've met a lot of people that wish to have contact, but they, they're they very bigoted in certain ways, and that's one of the ways you'll never have contact with the ETs. If you, if you don't like gay people or, you know, you judge others, you're not going to be able to have that. And... They're very concerned about the way gay people are treated on this planet, and they'll never show up here as long as we are killing and harming gay people. And, you know, and that shows up all over the world. And unfortunately, we have this weird predilection, probably based on archaic religions, to punish people that don't fall into a certain paradigm whether it's cultural or sexual or whatever people do, if it doesn't fall into a certain paradigm, then they become oppressed. And that's a lower frequency. That's a lower vibrational state. And these Zeta Reticulans, these Palladians, they're in a higher vibrational state. And if you want to interface with these guys, you want to go talk to these Palladians, these Zeta Reticulans, these angels, you got to raise your personal vibration, which means none of that lower frequency stuff can be a part of your being. Does that sound correct? Yes. They love us in the same way God does. Right. But they also want us to grow. They want us to do better. Yes, they do. And they're concerned about how we treat. Like, it's funny because you see homosexuality in nature. You know, there's homosexual animals. And, 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 and in times past, we were never persecuted for that type of behavior. But religion created this uh, stigma towards it, which is, is so shocking. I'm 30% Greek. Okay. We were gay before it was gay. It was just normal everyday life, right? True. It was a huge part of Greek culture. So <laughs> why we de-evolved to penalize gay people, I'll never know. I'll never know. But hopefully, we're going to get past it. We're going to get past it, though. Yes, hopefully. So what other things have they left you with besides wanting us to evolve? Like, what are some of the really interesting things they may have told you? Oh, it's, you know, I've been, I started channeling um, ETs uh, in a three-way communication 
uh, it was uh, Jesus, um, uh, Pleiadians, Zeta Reticulans, and uh, they said they were here for a planet-wide intervention, which a lot of people disagree with, but when animals are crying out for help and people are crying out for help, uh, help will arrive. That's, you know. Yeah. yeah, it seems like when you send out that energy, it creates kind of a vacuum. And you're, you're putting out that help energy, the animals, the people help. And then the, the natural state of the universe is to respond to that help. And since the natural state of the universe is love, that's what's coming to help us is love. Jesus, yes. The Zeta-Reticulans, yes. Pleiadians, yes. It makes sense that they would be in uh, coherence and kind of in a coalition to, to, to help save us. But tell me more about that. So you channeled Jesus, Pleiadians, and the Zeta-Reticulans at the same time. Yeah, when, they when called it this? a three-way communication. When was this? In 2007. Okay. I had a 10-page website um, that I channeled, and um, they wanted us... I, they they disagree with all the wars, and uh, Bush was president at the time. Oh God! And they wanted us to um, get him impeached because he was murdering. Yeah, exactly. Um, I channeled some people that were murdered by him in um, I can't think of the place, in the Middle East, Iraq or Baghdad. Uh, it slips my mind, but uh, they had, they told people, we're going to take you to, they took them out of their homes. They took people out of their homes, and they said, we're going to take you to a safe place. And they took them to another uh, town area. I can't recall the name. A lot of people, and they, they killed them. Oh, my God. And so there was like a vendetta. The these people that were killed by Bush's regime. Um, they had a, like a, they went to the next world and had a vendetta. They talked to me about it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I it reminds me of like the Jews of world war two and the gypsies and the people and the gays that were killed, you know, by the Germans in world war two. And they probably went to the next world with a vendetta as well. With mm -hmm. Anger. anger. Yeah. It's hard to leave this dimension with anger like that, where you're yeah. just so disappointed that you went out that way. Yeah, and, and it was the betrayal of being told, here, let's take you out of your homes. Uh, they took them out of a city, a town, and they took them to um, this other place, telling them that they would be safe. Oh. So they preyed on their vulnerabilities, yes. and then in, their, in the lowest energetic way, they deceived them and took their life yeah. it's so evil fallujah fallujah in it Iraq. came to me yeah so this happened in fallujah yes and these spirits once they passed on they went they had a vendetta and they talked to you about it yes and yes how did that make you feel when you first processed that i felt sick about it i okay. really did it's it's sickening to know that the wars are so unnecessary and they're so brutal yeah. Because you have to turn off your humanity in order yes. to take another human's life. Innocent people get killed. Yes, children. Yes, like children playing children. with blocks. I mean, they're yeah. little kids, or we just want to have a life. Yeah, they get murdered because of some war. I mean, oh yeah, it's it just hurts me so, on a deep level. I I. 
So why in the Pleiadians, the Zeta Reticulans, Jesus, they, they're very upset about this, our war situation. I don't want to say we have warlike tendencies because we talked about this before we were recording. I don't believe humans, their natural state is a state of conflict. Right. We did. We talked about if this room were full of people from all over the world, all different religions, we'd all be getting along just fine in this room. That's right. And because we would be humans having a human experience, same human experience as everybody else. We would notice it and just be in resonance with each other. We wouldn't be defining each other. We'd just be having an experience together, which, which we talked about. So that's not our natural state, our, but, but we're engaging the, in those activities now. And we have to yes. evolve past it. And that's what, that's what Jesus and the Zeta Reticulans and the Pleiadians told you, that they want us to get past that. Is that right? Yes. And did they talk about any methods or anything that, you know, could help humanity? They asked for people to channel, channel them to ask, open your mouth and ask for contact. So is this... And get information from them, so not from me or other channelers, but from them. So their message was for people to open up their own personal pathways. Yes. And, and, and ask just internally, say, please, I want to connect with Jesus. I want to connect with the beings of love, whatever they are, to give me yes. information that's going to help me do better and, and evolve. And, and they want people to do that. They do. And do they, they really do. Do they see, do you feel like more people are connecting with these higher frequencies? Oh, higher yes. Oh, gosh. When I started in 2007, oh, it was different than it is now. More and more people are open to it talking about it yes there's definitely a growth not just in the metaphysical new age world but just in consciousness in general being yeah. aware of our multi-dimensional <laughs> selves and then also trying to express ourselves from a place of love mm -hmm. yeah i've noticed the growth too i mean in a way uh you know this podcast is an extension of that growth because this podcast exists to give a platform for all these different voices that are that have information that they need to get out. Jesus, the Zeta Reticulans, they're on this podcast right now. And I'm so grateful for them to be on the podcast with us because oh I know that, uh, that their mission is pure and my mission's pure and Janice's mission is pure. You know, she, we're just here to help. That's just our mission. Yes. So tell me more. Okay. So we're channeling aliens and we talked about deceased loved ones. So let's talk about uh, your channeling pets. I remember you said you channeled deceased pets. So tell tell yes. me something about that. So somebody has a dog or an animal that they've loved, like a family member, somebody they've loved intensely, and they've passed on. And you can hone in on their energies and kind of get messages from them. Yes. Okay. Tell me some of the, some of the situations you've been in where you've done that for people, like uh, some of the clients or some of the situations. Well, um, usually it's not a client. Um, it's just that all of a sudden I notice there's a dog right next to me or behind me or following me. or. And uh, so um, I was with a, a guy, and um, every, every time I turned around, this, this little dog was right beside me. I could just feel the dog. And um, we get in his truck, and... The dog would get in the back seat. I go, I keep feeling like there's a dog with us. Did, did the owner of this, he bought the truck from his boss. So I said, did the, 
you know, did your boss have a dog? And he said, no. And so I kept trying to figure out where this dog is coming from. And finally, I said, well, did you, did you have a dog that you were close to? And he finally said that he had a dog that um, he never had to, to um, you know, put, put in a fenced area. He could always leave, leave him, you know, to run free because he was uh, very well behaved and he knew his boundaries. And he, he greeted him every time he came home. And the conversation was so casual. Um, and the other thing that happens whenever I sense an animal or a person, as soon as I bring it up, as soon as we figure out who it is that it's the person I'm with related, the entity is gone. It's like they want someone to know that they're there. And then once that person knows, they're gone. Interesting. And so I was telling his ex-wife about it, and she said, did, you, did he show you the shrine in the backyard that he built for his dog? And so she said, come on, I'll show you. And it's like, okay, this dog meant so much to him. But it was just funny how casual he acted about the whole thing. But he, he probably felt it himself, though, other times. Yeah. You know, and, and I love, you know, I had, it's funny you bring this up because I had a dog that uh, I love dearly, a dog named Harmony that I had when I lived in Colorado. And the dog passed away. It got hit by a car, unfortunately. And uh, sometime, and there, she used to do this thing. When she sat in the back of my truck, she would, like, she had a special spot that she sat in. And then she would stand up sometimes and push against the back of my seat. And I would feel her pushing on my lower back, right? And she's been passed away now for 15 years. And sometimes I'll be sitting in my truck alone. And I'll feel that yeah. push on the back of my car. And I know that she's still with me. And it's so powerful. Exactly. And, and it's hard for you know people to understand. And that's okay because it's my personal experience. Yeah. But, you know, those, your animals are with you. The ones that you love, that you took care of, you know, they're with you. They're just like, they're beings just like us. I'm mm-hmm. sorry they can't Energy. speak English. Yeah, I'm sorry they're light, they're light beings. I'm sorry they can't speak English. I'm <laughs> sorry they can't get up and shake your hand while well, some can but you know they can't do the things that we do but they're a complete spiritual being just like you would yes. you agree with that statement yes they are okay yeah you know we love our pets I mean, we <clears throat> they're love very animals. intelligent and that's why it creates so much karma for bad karma for people when they abuse animals like it just creates so much negative energy because a lot of people I'm not even talking about the food industry which good lord we could go on and on and on about animal abuse but just the people that own pets, they feel like, oh, it's this almost like an animated stuffed animal that they can abuse and hit and, you know, whatever. Yell at. But it's a light being in a different vehicle than you. But the light aspect, in a way, is equal to you. And they're processing all that information. And when you're treating an animal in a bad way, abusing it or whatever, you're going to reap the negative, benef- the negative benefits. I wouldn't say benefits, but the negative repercussions of those actions because they're so powerful on themselves, the, the animals. And they have a, even in a way, animals have a spirit that's almost closer to God. Yeah. Cause they're living in instinct and, and resonance, you know, with uh, nature, you know, in that instinct. So. There you go. <laughs> it's so true. So tell me, uh, tell me about more of the things that you do. So tarot, you do tarot readings. Yes, I channel that though. You ch- you, like you said, when you do tarot mm-hmm. readings, you don't use any specific methodology. No. You lay the car- cards out as you feel they should be laid out. But then 
when you're defining the cards, do you use traditional tarot methods like, uh, you know, the books that tell you what this means if it's this certain way? No, here's what happened in 2007 when I started channeling. Um, well, I've been channeling since the late 90s, but very spotty. It was more, sure. yeah, it was, okay. So in 2007, I, I um, was doing it a lot and um, pretty steady. So um, the ETs told me to go um, to the bookstore and buy some tarot cards. And then they told me to throw the book away. <laughs> <laughs> and then they told me to get it a table at Body, Mind, and Spirit Expo. And I did. And set, they told me exactly how to set the table up and um, lay out the cards. And every reading I gave, I gave about 30 readings the first day, and they channeled it. And some people would say, are you channeling? You know, I can tell. Right. Um, so, yeah. But if they asked me what the card meant, I would tell them. Um, but I did not know what any of the cards meant. So, essentially, you know, you lay out the cards based on what you were channeling or what you're being told to lay out. Uh -huh. how they were coming out. And then when someone would ask you to define the card, you would then just off the cuff, like intuitively mm -hmm. give them an explanation. One mm -hmm. one woman asked what the devil meant and I told her it was her ego. Oh my God. And how did she process that? Well, she was glad because I didn't, I couldn't see the card very well. I had bought the <laughs> these Celtic um tarot cards okay. and, and I, I couldn't see it and she said what is that card what, what is that she could see that it was the devil and I couldn't I said that's you oh my god and she said why is that me and I said it's your ego so you know the, the ego is um, could just be your best friend and yeah, your worst enemy it's right? just here to keep us alive basically right. to keep us from stepping out in front of a car Right. But it can really mess up our lives. Well, I think that it also uh, allows us to exist as individuals and not just in the, the divine hive mind, you could say, you know, where we're all just this one organism. The ego allows us to exist as individuals. However, the ego has its own survival mechanisms because it doesn't understand the spiritual world. It has kind. Of, it doesn't necessarily have a life of its own. Like it's not a, it's separate from you, but it does have its own function and methods of function. And in that method of function, its primary uh, its primary goal is to survive at all costs and be the most important thing of your life. And that's why you you could, like I was telling Janice, this could be your best friend or your worst enemy. Your ego's there to keep you in, ch in check and keep you as an individual, but it can also run off the rails. True. And, and make you crave power and make you crave all these different things that are detrimental to your spirituality. Yeah, uh, that was my first experience uh, with giving readings. Um, I had practiced on two people before I did the Body, Mind, and Spirit Expo. And uh, I did about 30 readings the first day, and I, I, the, the positive feedback was astounding. Um, one of the readers kept bringing people over to me, and then she'd walk halfway and point to me and wave at me. 
Um, you know, and she because I, she said I was so accurate. She felt the vibes. She knew yeah. you were legitimate. She knew it was half an egg, and she wanted everybody. And she was being selfless because she wanted everybody to have an authentic experience. Yeah. So she's bringing everybody to you because you were the real deal. And that's what I think. That's why I'm so glad to have you on the podcast. This is helping people. This is going to help people all over the world understand channeling more. Because what I've noticed is people, you know, they're very open. They're very metaphysical. They'll examine all these different religions and and spiritual practices and and adopt certain things and reject other things. But when it comes to channeling, some people are like, whoa, that's too out there for me. And yet they'll at this, but in the same breath, they'll say anything is possible. The divine is infinite. Anything is possible. But then as soon as you say channeling, they'll say anything's but, but that true, (laughs) (laughs) which I find so funny. And that's not what we're about on midnight earth. We want people to have that are having these authentic experiences to have a place to talk about it, a voice a platform. That's what we're here for. And that's why we're so glad to have Janice. Um, But tell me more. So you're also into flower essences. Yes. Which is a big thing. You know, Dr. Bach was this uh, genius that created all these healing uh, medicinal blends using very simple flowers in a very specific way. Can you tell us about that more? Well, um, they originated with the Aborigines in Australia. And um, he had known about the Australian bush flower essences. And so he wanted to develop his own Um so you can still get the Australian bush flower essences. They're harder to come by in this country. Um, well, how that happened is um, I started channeling St. Germain, and um, he's all about alchemy, and uh, right. flower essences is alchemy. Okay, we had a whole episode on alchemy oh. with Jason Scott, alchemy uh-huh. and spagyrics. Yeah. We, we might have even talked about St. Germain, but tell me more. So he was an alchemist very into flower essences. Yes. And uh, the flower essences, people can, you can make your own. It's very easy to do. Um, you just uh, take a bowl of water, a glass clear bowl, and you put uh, <clears throat> the flowers in it. Um, and you put a screen over it because you don't want any bugs in the water because right. you'll have the bug essence too. <laughs> So, and you put it in the sun for two hours, two to four hours, or moonlight, too, uh, if you'd like. Um, and then uh, you, if you want it to be have a shelf life without having to be refrigerated, you just add uh, 20% alcohol, like vodka, too, to the water. Okay. So um, that's... That's how easy it is to make flower essences. And, and they're so healing. And mm-hmm. you uh, you help distribute some of the Dr. Box stuff. Is that yes. one of the things you do in life? Yes. Um, which is so powerful. Look, animals that take Dr. Box actually are more <laughs> sensitive than humans. I started taking Dr. Box flower essence uh, about 2000. Actually, about to keep saying 2007. I was first introduced to that 2007. And my friend, he had a different method of taking it. He said, he framed it to me like this. He's like, dude, it's natural Valium. He's like, take Mm -hmm. 12 drops, you know, even though Dr. Vox says four, take 12 drops, put it under your tongue and just let it sit there for like a minute Mm -hmm. and then swallow it. And I did that and it really helped me. It really helped me, especially 
for people that want to take a that smoke a lot of cannabis and you know here in Oregon cannabis is totally legal so people that smoke a lot of cannabis maybe they want to take a break from cannabis but they enjoy the feeling that they get from the release from the cannabis itself just kind of that relaxation feeling when I wanted to take a six-month break from cannabis I just did Dr. Box flower essences and I was able to stop any craving or any kind of like desire for cannabis. There you go. Uh, flower essences have changed my life. Uh, I used to have a tendency to overeat and uh -huh. I was in my forties when I conquered it. It was a lifelong problem. Um, and Let me tell you people, Janice, look, Janice looks so healthy now. It's, it's crazy. She's <laughs> Thank you. radiating. She's beautiful. Okay. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> and um, I used to have a chip on my shoulder, and I, you know, it's it's just the flower essence. They they can, they transform you. I feel like it stabilized um, you, brought you back to spiritual homeostasis. Yeah, they um, they're the most highly evolved part of a plant, and they they contain the love of God, and when you put that in water, that energy stays in the water. And then you take that into your body, and you're taking in the love of God, and it can transform you. And let me tell you, people, you can get these from Janice. Can, are yes. you from your website, or where can people get these from you specifically? Well, I'm I'm in Vancouver, Washington. Do you have a website yet where people can purchase things? Well, uh, it's just Google. Uh, if you Google. Flower Essences of Vancouver, Washington, then um, then it'll bring up Flower Essences, the Healing Touch. And that's me. Flower Essences, the Healing Touch is my own personal uh, business. So let, let's tell people that don't know the difference between a flower essence and an essential oil, because we're definitely not talking about essential oils here. We're talking about flower essence. Can you, can you describe the difference for people? Yes. Um, the flower essences are very, very subtle, but powerful. Uh, they have no biological matter of the flower. It's, it's just the energy. Um, now, essential oils are very highly concentrated, um, and, and they're very, very powerful. And, and you, if you don't dilute them or use them with a carrier oil, you can burn yourself or get sick from them. So, they're very, very different, but they all have a purpose. And right. you can get you can get essential oils from me. Well, you, you can get herbals, but my main thing is I'm into flower essences. Right, you're, and you're, you know, there's so many people that we we talked about this earlier with the, the MLM, the multi-level marketing, and you know they're pushing essential oils on social media. That's not what you're about at all. Not even close. No. And we want to make sure that people understand that because what yes. we're talking about is something deeply spiritual and healing which yeah. is the flower essences and, and the essential oils are positive too unfortunately there's a stigma around it right now because so many people decided to start being entrepreneurial with the essential oils yes but uh but but that's not where we're at with at all with no uh a matter of fact um you can go into a health food store and they'll have a display of 38 all 38 of the dr bach flower essences um and if you bought all of them, it would be a one point, let's see, a three, four, three, four ounce bottle for about sometimes $16. Um, and it's about the size of my pinky. 
but it's a dropper bottle and it lasts a long time. Um, and so if you bought all 38, well, you do the math, but <laughs> I have one called uh, Multiflower and, and the, the two ounce bottle contains, uh, let's see, that bottle that I described at uh, Whole Foods is, is a point three four ounce. It's, it's actually not one point. Uh, but I have a one ounce bottle and it contains all 38 of the flower essences. And it's oh. just, yeah, it's, it's, it seem like the super price is a lot different. It's like $13 for the, for the one ounce bottle. Right. But it does contain all 38 of those it flowers at once. And you take that, 38. you're probably going to have an incredible experience. Yes. Especially if you're energy sensitive. Right. If you're energy sensitive, it's going to affect you True. more th than the average person. You would and say. I also have rescue remedy with the five flower essences that's for stress and anxiety. And, uh, and I highly minor. recommend that for parents. Uh, if you have children, rescue remedy for stress and anxiety. You know, your kids are flipping out. They're, they're having a tantrum. And this isn't a drug. We're not t telling you to sedate your kids, but it is OK to put some Dr. Rock's rescue remedy. So water, give it to your kids. Ten minutes later, they're normal. You cannot OD on flower essences. <laughs> no, not even close. And they make rescue remedy for kids. Yeah, alcohol free. I've and seen for it. pets. And you can, for pets, you can put it in a, especially during the Fourth of July when animals are terrified. Oh God! Um, you can put it in their water dish. Yeah, it's probably best to give them as much rescue remedy as possible prior to Fourth of July. Get them all nice and sedated. True. And then uh, you know we'll see if they can make it through. But man, so much cool stuff to talk to you about. Um, so there's the tarot, the channeling, you know, flower essences. What else is there about you that you want people to know? Like, what else, what else do you bring to the table spiritually? And, and, and I remember we talked about witchcraft last episode that you're into. How does witchcraft and, and how does that mesh with channeling and, and the other aspects of your life? Well, uh, as far as witchcraft goes, people want me to define it and, and, a simple way for me is I use a pendulum. That's my magic. And my potion is my flower essences. So it's real simple. Right. And the pendulum, you project energy into it, ask for things, or what is, how does it work for you as a tool? It, the energy moves it. Uh, it. It's not my energy. Well, it can be my energy. So, so you have to be careful with that. <laughs> so you ask it a question, it moves a certain yes. way, mm -hmm. and then you can interpret that movement to mean something. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I use it for choosing. Well, for example, um, if somebody comes to me and wants a flower essence or an herbal, I use a pendulum to pick which one that would work best for them. Yes. So it, it has not, I don't do it, you know, I, I don't judge what they need to be using. Uh huh. I, um, I just use my pendulum. So. And you let the spirits tell you. Yes. And you're just kind of using that tool as an interface with higher energies. In a way, you don't know what is moving the pendulum, right? Is it you, your Well, mind? yeah. The, 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 it can the be a combination. Person? <laughs> could be the person's guardian angels. Like, it could be yeah. all these different things. Yeah. We don't know what moves, but you know it's a functionality. You know it's a method that works. Yes. And, and that's your magic. So how does that work with, like... like do you see it as independent from your channeling? Like your chan when you're channeling extraterrestrial or extraterrestrials or people like Jesus um, or Buddha. I don't know if you've ever channeled Buddha, but how does that 
is that something separate from the witchcraft or does that somehow intersect? What do you think about that? It's, it's, it intersects. I chant. I, um, pra- I practice Buddhism by chanting. Okay. And, um, so essentially like, you're combining all these different sciences mm-hmm. and different methods into your own personal way of operating yeah. right like so you yeah. have a little bit of witchcraft a little bit of buddhism a little bit of christianity mm-hmm. a little bit of all native yes. uh, cultures um australian right we're talking about aboriginals mm-hmm. like, and you're you're putting this all together in your own personal spirituality creating your own personal relationship with the divine is that yes. true uh-huh and would you recommend that method for other people do you think that's a more authentic method to connect with the divine yes i do <laughs> I think so too. You know, you and and why do you think that is? Because it, is it because it honors everyone around the earth? It gives everybody a chance to have a say in how things are. Yes, and um, there are certain methods that work with with that people are better at, and it's gifts. It's 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 spiritual gifts. Um, some people can see um, entities. Um, some people have a photographic memory, and some people can hear. It's um, clairaudient, clairsent. Right, they hear yeah. voices. Yeah. And, 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 so. and, and they're able to interpret it. I forget, I forget the audio clairvoyance, I think, is what you were getting at. I clairvoyance, can't re- yeah. I can't, can't remember the right term for just audio. I, I, <laughs> uh, yeah, so... There's just so much. There's, There's so, so much. much. And I, I'm no expert. I just know what works for me. Right. Well, the thing <laughs> is, is that I, know. I don't think anybody can be an expert. And if they tell you they're <laughs> an expert, I wouldn't trust him, actually. <laughs> True. But I think what you're doing is being authentic and you're actually living it, which is different than people that claim they're experts. Yeah. It's you're, my baby. <laughs> right. You're actually, this is your service. But you're actually engaged in the action. Where people talk about it, they claim to be experts, but you're actually doing it. You're engaged in the action. So in yeah. a way, you're way more authentic, right, than somebody that's studied it per se. I would say so. Um, it's just like uh, I've been on the Pritikin diet for uh, 43 years, so I think I'm an expert on um, this diet. That maybe someone who studied it studied it probably doesn't have what kind of diet it's the um it used it was it's dr pritikin came up pritikin yeah and um it's it's low fat high fiber diet okay and um it's it's a really good diet because you're not it's more of a lifestyle you look so healthy I want to get on the Pritikin diet because something's working for you. (laughs) Clearly it's working. Like you could be a poster child for the Pritikin diet. Everybody would be on it. Let me tell you. But it's, it's the point. The the reason I bring it up is because I'm not, I'm not a dietitian. I, I'm not a, an RN. I'm not a doctor, but I know this diet because I've been on it for so long. So you can use that same (laughs) formula for your spiritual life. Yeah. You may not know exactly what everything is. You couldn't define everything in a textbook way, but you know it's happening because you're in it and it's working. The results are there. The proof's in the pudding, as they say, right? Right. (laughs) Uh, The feedback, you know, because I don't know. When I I give someone a reading, I don't know. But when when they give me the positive feedback, 
That's, then, then you know. Then I know. Okay, so, you know, we usually, we're creeping up on the hour mark. We usually go about an hour and a half. So I'm trying to think, wh- what can we do to expand this episode? How do you feel about trying to channel the ghosts that are supposedly here? Is that something you're open to? If not, that's okay. Well, you sprung this on me, and I didn't realize we were going to do do something like this. Well, but you don't have I to. Can, I can let you know Whatever if something... While we're talking, I can let you know if something comes up. Okay, that sounds great. How let's, about that? Let's, let's put it out there that we want to know a little bit about the, the ghost. Supposedly there's a ghost that's here that's been, you know, kind of moves dishes, does various things. You know, let's, let's, let's tr- listen, and I'll listen too. Mm-hmm. And we'll listen for feelings from that. And then what else can we talk about as far as the extraterrestrials? Like the Zeta Reticulans, the Pleiadians. <laughs> I feel like, you know, we need to get more information from them now. And this is a platform for that. So, um, what are some of the things that you feel like they could tell us now? Like what are the things besides, you know, stop, stop assaulting your human family for the choices they make and stop fighting each other with deadly weapons and in horrible wars? What other things do you feel like they should impart to us? Well, I th- they would like, they feel that it's time for us to make a choice and to take over. Take over? Our destiny. Take responsibility for our actions collectively. Yes. And take over our destiny. Stop, stop going, ah, stop waiting for things to happen to us. And, and, and then talking about it. Oh, it seems that all we do is talk about it. And the action doesn't happen. Right. And people are waking up. They're becoming more spiritual people. They're becoming more resonant with the divine. But they're not getting past the talking stage. So what are some of the actions that you feel like people could take to help expand that? Like, what, what are, what are the, some of the things, what, what are the right actions that could help right now? I don't, it's, it's, that would be hard to define. Because it's so individual. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, exactly. We all have our different talents and gifts. And right. So you would say people develop their talents and gifts would be yes. a great, one of the things. That would be good. Yes. Figure out what your talents and gifts are and develop them. And connect with the divine. Yes, that's so huge. Work on that. Uh, open your mouth. Um, the way to do it, the, the best way is to open your mouth and speak out loud to the divine whoever you would like to talk to saint christopher saint germain et's god jesus angels crossed over loved ones whoever you'd like to speak to open your mouth and cry out to them call out to them ask for what you would like and you're saying verbalize it. Yes. Like with your, your mouth sounds coming out your throat, not like your internal voice where you're yes. praying in that way, but really it's just much yell it out powerful. loud. Yell it out loud. Yell to these yes. people. Yell it out and yes. tell them what you want. Yes. And that, that's a more effective way to connect. Yes. Very powerful. Interesting. You know, that's something no one's ever said to me before. So it's so powerful that's on this yes. podcast because... You know, people are hearing this and they're going to do this. And you'll get answers. You will receive answers. Because when you're in that state of yelling it out, 
you're almost like closing off everything else and you're opening up like a pure pathway. Yes. And wow, man. It's love. It is love. Yeah. And connect with love. Connect with love, connect with divinity. And it heals. It's it's very healing. And flower essences can help with all of it. Because they can calm the yes. physical aspect. And it's it's a, a the love of God, that's the vibration that's in the water. It's, right. a, it's energy. Because it's from the flower essence as the flowers being the most divine part of the plant. Yes. And then... It's, uh, there, there are images. I have images on my Google account of... Um, have you ever heard of Dr. Emoto? He, yes, the water. Yes, he, he put water drops. Crystals. Yeah, he put drops of chamomile flower essence in the water. And then froze it, and the water crystal looked like the chamomile flower. He did it with fennel. Now, I'm sure if you're at least a little bit aware of Dr. Emoto's work, he was the one that uh, put water molecules under a microscope and saw that they would take on the shape of sacred geometry when there was loving uh, really positive messages like put on a cup that the water was in but if the the message was angry or hate filled or something negative like I hate you or something like that then the water molecule was, it was misshapen, misshapen and, ugly. and ugly disturbed it even looked apart. like it had a like a demonic face in it sometimes yeah it's just awful but wow that's crazy I've never heard this about Dr. Emoto it's on my web it's on my uh, my blog okay and it's on my Google account Okay. Um, you know, one thing I want to talk about, you know, since we're talking about channeling, I want to talk about channeling angels because angels right now are such a huge part of the metaphysical community. And there's some people that actually feel like that some of the metaphysical new age people are actually angel worshipers and where the angels themselves never want to be worshiped. They want you to funnel that energy, focus that energy on right. source. Um, but Tell me about your, your personal experiences with angels. As far as worship, what my angels say to me is, um, kneel and bow to us as we now kneel and bow to you. And I know that something special is going to happen when they ask me to kneel and bow. And, and I know it's not about worship because they're re reflecting it back to me. Right. Yes. I often say that, you know, the angels are something that as humans we can aspire to be. Yes. Like we, we should be working on becoming angels ourselves because that essence inside of us, that light, is the same light of the angels. We're just in this physical form. So while we're here, being a human, in the human experience, we know that the angel experience is there. So we can, they can be our role models, you could say. And we want to be more like them. What do you think about that? Yes. I think that's a good idea to have angels as your role models. Yes, I do. And then you, as humans, we can aspire to that. Because it sounds like you've channeled angels in the past besides the aliens. Tell me some more about the angels. Well, I just, I think ETs are angels. Extraterrestrials. Just misdefined. Yes. Like primitive uh, mindsets who are trying to process it. Like, oh my God, what is this being? Yeah. And they're like, oh, it must be an angel. But in some cases, in a lot of cases, it was an extraterrestrial. But you also do distinguish, though, that there is <laughs> extraterrestrials and angels. 
That I, I don't know. I mean, sure. I, I don't think it matters. Okay. Because <laughs> at the end of the day, we're all one and that essence is the same, despite the vehicle. Yeah. Because, you know, some people will say that the aliens or extraterrestrials living on another planet, whereas the angels are kind of living in the fifth uh, dimension yeah. kind of with God right there. And, you know. I, I did, when I, when I asked for contact with ETs um, in the, the late 90s, uh, and I asked for it not to be scary, and that's, that's when a few days later I saw a fairy. And, um, and that they, was on the previous episode for those yeah. who want to hear that amazing story, but go ahead and relate and, it again. Uh, years later, I asked, in 2007 when I was channeling ETs, I asked them about that experience, and they said that they had sent their messenger to um, have that fairy come and visit me. <laughs> ah, so you feel like as we get into higher dimensions, we're going to realize that these fairies, the angels, the extraterrestrials, they're kind of all living in the same sphere, like the same realm of existence. Is that right? Well, I, I think that we create everything. He, so, yeah. Okay. So every experience, whether it's scary or peaceful or beautiful, we've created it with fear or love. Do were these entities, were these beings around before humanity, though? Well, I, I think that it's the energy. It's the energy of God. Um, Just taking on different manifestations. Yeah. Uh, um, because without the brain, all you have is waveforms. Right. And um, so uh, with the brain is where, where you get your five senses. Yeah, and the observation takes place, and then the wave becomes a part yeah. of it. And that's where the how the flower essences work. It's like when you toss a pebble in the water and it makes the vibration on the water. Uh, when you put the flower, it, it's related to the book I, I mentioned, The Holographic Universe. Yes, last episode. And, and that everything in, in the universe is a hologram. And so uh, when, you t when you take a hologram and you break it up, tear it up into smaller pieces, you have the whole, you still have the whole picture, right? Right. And so um, that's how flower essences work. When you put that flower in the water and um, then you take a little drop, drops of it, of the water, it still has the whole flower in it because it's just like a hologram. Right. It just contains the entirety of yes. the essence because like you said, it's similar to that hologram, the holographic universe. Totally recommend that book. I've read that many years ago. It, it's a credible perspective. And that really kind of allows for, when you understand the holographic universe, that really allows for these consciousnesses, these angels or extraterrestrials to exist because they're outside of time. They're outside of the hologram. So they know what's going to happen as the dimension of time progresses. And that's how they're able to guide you because they already know your whole life story, because wherever they're at, they can see the complete picture. Mm -hmm. So it's really interesting. And the, the ETs describe time to me, how, how time is not um, a continuum. It's, uh, more, it's more like, uh, well, one of the things they said that it reminded me of um, Star Trek, Beam Me Up Scotty, because they called it time beams. And um, it's like a yarn ball. 
and it's it's not like a straight line it's it's more uh like a, a, let, let's say you're standing in the middle of a yarn ball right and if you look any direction you can see the different um strands of yarn strands yeah and so um that's how everything can be happening at the same time because all you have to do is glance up, glance down, glance this way. And there's all these it's threads It's all of time. happening now because, and then the, the, the yarn it is actually called time beams. So, so interesting. Yeah. If, if, let's say if you could see through the threads, it wasn't like solid, you know, like. Sure. You know how, uh, I don't know if you had a, a grandma that would crochet. Sure. But when they have a little bit left, they'll like wrap it around something and you can see through all of it because it's not wrapped real tight. Right, right. Th then imagine if you were standing in the middle of that, in the center, you could see everything at once. Ah. And so this is how time is happening now. This is, this is a good way to describe it. So do you feel like time is speeding up? Because here's one theory. People say time is speeding up right now. Or it's because people are getting older and their relation to time is different. And, and you know, 20 years, if you're a 20-year-old, 20 years is your whole life. If you're a 60-year-old, 20 years is one-third of your life. Do you think time's speeding up? What, what, are your, what are your sources? We'll just say your sources. What are your sources telling you about time? Well, I don't know about my sources, but, but you know what you said does make sense. But you know what? Young people notice it, too. That's the thing I've been noticing. Everyone notices that time is speeding up. So what does that mean? If time's speeding up, is it because the movement of information is sped up and then information and time are linked? So the faster the information moves around with the internet and everything, then time moves around that much faster? I really don't know. I just know that I've had experiences where um, I'll look at the clock and it's midnight, and then next time I look, it's 3 a.m., and I don't know where all those three hours went. I've had that happen. Um, okay. So, you know, I think that you can experience glitches um, my daughter left her yoga class that she was teaching and she googled uh, Whole Foods drove to it in Portland and it was the neatest Whole Foods she's ever been in. it had the nicest clothes in there and she wanted to go back and she's never been able to find it since <laughs> <laughs> and it maybe it, I said that's a glitch. The glitch store, in the matrix. You, the store probably is going to open in a couple of years. Who knows? And you know, there was one time you know you could get outside of time. I mean, one time I was waiting in a bank line, and when I got to the teller, I thought that like about fifteen minutes had passed. Somehow, I guess I must have went into a meditative state or something. It, literally, an hour and fifteen minutes had passed. That's what I'm talking and about. And I was like, what the? F you know, like I didn't understand how that was even possible. Because I was like, how could an hour and 15 minutes pass when it felt like, where did that hour go? Somehow I experienced it, but somehow I was outside of time. Yes. And it's really interesting. It's amazing. It's so cool. So, I love that kind of stuff. So, okay, here, here's some interesting questions. So you're in touch with these wonderful beings. What do they say about the future of our world? Where are we going? What, from your perspective and from your 
people you're in contact with, the entities, where, where are they telling you about humanity and where the human race is going? They're not discussing that with me at this time. Why is that, do you think? I suspect that we didn't, back in 2007 when I was doing all this channeling, we didn't jump on board. We didn't want to do anything about anything. And so I, I have no idea what's happening now. It's Some people feel like it's a new timeline, like a timeline that's unpredictable, completely chaotic. It's, it's somewhere we've never been before. And some people think we're just doing it all over again. We're going to do it one more time, whatever that is. You know, yeah. you don't have any insight or anything about the future at this moment. I just, it, it relates to money. That's it. There money has no value. Right. Uh, it's just created out of thin air. Do you think we're going to get past the money system? Is that part of the future of humanity? Yes. Do you, and just money in general, whether it's hard currency or cryptocurrency, the digital money, we're just going to get past that method of energy transference as we evolve. Yes. Okay, good. Because it really is key. It does serve a purpose, but you have to be a pretty spiritually evolved person to use money in a neutral way. Or even in a good way. Most people use money in an egotistical way, some for some form of gratification. So, is I a, call it money hoarding. Yeah, money hoarding, and then also material hoarding because you're using money to just buy these plastic things or the items, and they, you're not using them as an effective tool. They're just somehow a status symbol for you. It's really for a person. It's really interesting how that works. So we're going to get past money, but. From your intuition, I mean, my intuition tells me that we're going to get to a place where humanity is united. Do you feel the same way or do you feel something different? I believe we're going to find home. <laughs> home, you know, the comfort of home. Right. Are we? And we're going to get back to that. Mm -hmm. The Garden of Eden almost, you yeah. would say. But with the technology, right? With all the high technology. And, uh, Can I have some of that? Um, the high technology and, and all the different things that, that we love as humans and also the spirituality. There you go. <laughs> That's what I think too. <laughs> I mean, technology, we love it. We do. We just love it. I love it. I'm not against it. I mean, because it seems like it comes from inspiration, right? And when you're opening up and you're you're asking for God, ask, asking for something from God, some new information that's going to help you change something, like change the world engineering breakthrough or, or something. Then it comes from God. It's inspiration. How you use it can go, you know, light or dark or True. neutral, gray. But uh, for the most part, you know, it's, it's being used in a negative way, but it could, it, it's done so much good yeah. at the same time. If it weren't for... Uh my GPS, I'd probably still be out there driving around trying to find this place. <laughs> yeah, remember the old days, people? Remember <laughs> when people used to get lost? That, that's, that's long gone. Yeah. I use my GPS constantly. I'm constantly communicating with people on my phone. Through Instagram, I've been able to talk to some of my heroes, people like Alex Gray, <laughs> incredible artist, and just connect with people all over the world. And that, that's not even talking about the people in my friend circle with text messages and all that stuff and, and how we're able to stay so interconnected. So there is a good in it, but of course, there's the bad in it too. That's so true. 
But, you know, we'll get past it. Well, were you going to say something, Jazz? I didn't mean to cut you off there. No. I was. <laughs> I'm just loving being with you right now. This is so oh. fun because you get to have these powerful conversations and they're affirming. They're affirming for me. They're affirming for Janice and the people that are listening that are going, oh, I felt those same things. Oh, I didn't. You know, they're, they're relating their experiences to our experiences and it's affirming for them too. Yeah. Which is so cool. Yeah, it is. Because it's validating. And, and it, for people that need the validation, I don't need, at this point, I don't need any validation. I don't think Janice needs any validation. We're past the stage of validation, but for some people on the path, they're still looking for validation and that's right. okay. There's nothing wrong with that. That's okay. And that's what we're here to do. And we're validating people. Well, uh, when I was looking for validation, um, one of the things a lot of people do, and I did this, is um, when, you're, when you're calling out um, to the divine, um, ask for a sign. It really works. You will be given a sign. <laughs> and you'll know it when you see it, if you're paying attention. So you're yelling out. We, we want to verbalize our yeah. connections, our prayers, or, our, or whatever we're connecting with. We're verbalizing that, and you're asking for a sign, mm -hmm. and you'll get it. You'll get it. Ten out of ten times? Nine out of ten? I don't ten out of ten. know how often, <laughs> but you will. The thing is, sometimes we're not aware. We're not paying attention. Right. We have to pay attention. Sometimes the sign will, like, bonk yeah. you over the head, and you won't even notice it. I, I asked for a sign. I was standing in my garage, and I, I cried out, and I asked for a sign. And I smelled the most beautiful incense that I had ever smelled. And so then I went over to Safeway. My daughter was with me, and I was telling her about it. Uh -huh. And we were in the—we um, weren't in any like cleaning aisle or anything. It was more of like the cold, the, the milk and cheese and all that. And I was telling her about this experience I had, and I said, "Oh, I smell it now too." And she. <laughs> She said, so do I. Oh, my God. So I there you go. I was astounded. She smelled it, too. Well, the thing is, is that people need to realize that the divine experience, it's outside of time, it's outside of space, and it's so individual and personal, and yet collective at the same time. It will give you things, whatever that mystery is, it will give you signs, it will give you indicators in the strangest, weirdest ways mm -hmm. that are almost true. impossible, but then it's so real that you can't deny it that's how wonderful and mysterious the divine experience is i love it personally i love getting those signs i love reading the omens and i think it's so important for people to to look for signs how you look for signs is kind of looking for, at things from a shamanic perspective and understanding that what uh, you're reading or or what a person drives by or maybe what's on a license plate or whatever could have a lot more significance than you realize when you put it through the shamanic filter. Yes. <clears throat> so true. And it's powerful. It's super powerful. But dude, Janice, I love you. Thank you so much for being on this podcast. You know, we're wrapping up our last 15 minutes. What I want to do is create a space for you to tell people how to get a hold of you. If they want to do readings by Zoom or over the phone or they feel super attracted to you, they understand like I do how authentic and powerful you are. How do they get a hold of you? How would they do that? Well, I, um, they can email me or call me. Uh, my number. Well, is, how, would they, how would they find you online? 
online. Uh, yes. Talcum Gypsy. Talcum Gypsy. Yes. You Google Talcum Gypsy, and I, that's what I did, and it popped right up. Google Talcum, T-A-L-C-U-M, Talcum Gypsy. I'm sure you know how to spell gypsy. Okay, J-G-Y-P-S-Y. <laughs> Hopefully I did that right. Yes, I did. Uh, Talcum Gypsy. You Google that, Vancouver, Washington. You're going to find your phone number. You're going to find your contact info, you your email. And then you can get a hold of Janice. You want to talk to a deceased loved one? Janice is going to help you. You want to connect with your angels? Janice is going to help you. You want to connect with your deity, whether you know you filter your spiritual energy through Jesus or, or Buddha, wherever you're at, Janice is going to help you. So I urge you people, if you're feeling this, if you're attracted to this, seek out Janice. And she can do, you can do readings through phone, right? And you can yes, do I can through, do. I and can and do have those. you done readings through Skype or Zoom yet? No, I, I have not. Because a lot of people are doing that now, the t- COVID times, you know, they, oh, people right. are adapting. They're all about Zoom and Skype. It's really easy to do, you know, but phone is really easy as well. Phone's even simpler. Yeah. Reach out to Janice. I do them through texting, uh, email, phone, in person. Right. And you happen to be in the Northwest, which so many people are. Millions and millions of people are right here in the Northwest. You can find Janice. You live in Washington. She's right in Vancouver, Washington. You live in Oregon. You know, you might as well be in Vancouver or in Portland. It's just like across the bridge. So you'll be able to find her there as well. So she's here for you. You know, she wants to help people. It's her service. Like she wants to, she wants you to connect with her because she wants to help you heal or, or whatever you need. Yes. And uh, I normally tell people if they're interested in flower essences and, and if they feel they can't afford them, then I can help them out too. I, I've given away a lot of flower essences. Because it's Janice's service. She understands how healing the flower essences are. She just wants you to experience it. You know, she wants you to experience I felt the same way about iodine. When I started, started my iodine therapy, I was giving out iodine bottles to everybody I knew, liquid iodine, and then later when I found the higher potency iodine, I was giving that out to everybody. Because when you feel like you healed and you're, you're a compassionate person, maybe you're even a bodhisattva, you're going to want to heal people too you just want to you just want to get that message out you just want people to understand you want people to heal because if really it's the goal of humanity is for all of us to heal and that's how we're going to get to that conflict-free beautiful world is if we're all healed and we're all healing each other yes healing well all right well i guess at this point we're just going to say is there anything else this is uh your platform this is your this is your episode Janice Carey, is there anything else you want to leave people with before we sign off here? Well, I don't have a lot to say. I just uh, would like everyone to know we're just working on having a new home here on planet Earth. A new, wonderful, better home. Right. And how? what can people do to help manifest that? Help each other. Love each other. Love each other, and That's yes. such a good thing. Gosh, that's one of my favorite things Jesus ever said. Yes. You could strip away... Everything else from Christianity. And if everybody just followed that one thing, I, I promise you, doesn't matter what religion you are, doesn't matter what, where you fall in your spiritual practices, you're going to be doing a good thing if you just love each other. Right? Yes, that's exactly right. If there's one thing that my ETs, my ETs, excuse <laughs> me, the ETs, angels, 
Saint Germain, God, Jesus, whoever comes through to me, if there's one thing that they, they say to me daily, just love others. That's it. Three words every day. Just love others. Wow. So I'm let, working on it. I'm working on it too, but I, I feel like once you get in the love frequency, once you fall in love with love, it's like a steamroll effect that's never going to stop. Once you love love, it's like a feedback loop and it just keeps growing and growing and growing. And you really, all of us need to really focus on having a genuine love for all humanity. If we can have a genuine love for all humanity, man, just imagine where this world's going to go. It's going to go in an incredible place. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much, Janice. And on thank that you. note, thank I'm going to hit so the much. outro music and we'll see you all next time. Midnight on Earth. 